Welcome to the podcast, All My Friends Are Therapists. My name is Annie Kendig, and I'm a licensed mental health professional. And although I have my own therapist, my friends always end up filling in the gaps. Each episode will be real talk, mental health topics with a licensed mental health counselor who turns all of her friends into therapists. All right. Welcome to this new episode where we are introducing our fabulous therapists. And we have a new one joining us today, Marka Courtney. How are you? Hi, Annie. I'm good. Thank you so I'm much. Hyped for... up on caffeine. Yeah, great. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. So, um, Marka just joined Mountain Mindset. We're kind of joined mm-hmm. forces with her practice and mine mm-hmm. uh, just a couple months ago. So yeah, it's been a couple months. Fairly, fairly new, but so fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So today I kind of want to just do an interview to kind of learn more about you, let our audience learn more about you. And then I thought it'd be a great resource for potential clients to kind of hear from you, your background, um, any relevant experience that you want to talk about, and then also kind of the populations that you like to work with, the things you like talking about in session, and maybe some of your clinical focus stuff lens kind All of right. thing. Sounds like wonderful. Awesome. So where should we start? School? Sure. Um, so I have my bachelor's degree from NKU in social work. Join the social work field. I am not a social worker. I hated every minute of it. It was not for me. Just wasn't for me. So fell into um, addictions and doing lots of groups. And groups are not my thing either. So I did my time there. And then when we were working together... I was watching you guys from afar, and I was like, I want to know what they're doing. And you and Stephanie are actually the first people I went to. And I said, where did you guys go to school? What do you do? And you said LPCs, counseling, went to UC, all that kind of stuff. And that actually started my process. No way, Mark. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, when we moved over to I hope I was nice and helpful to you. You were. Okay, good. You were. Um, So I was working in a county jail at the time doing AOD groups. And when I started to do individuals is when I really fell into the love of the story that the clients were telling me. So in my head, I was like, well, what came first, the addiction or... And you mean addiction work, right? Like working with people, addicted populations. Yes. Yes. So I was doing, excuse me, um, IOP in the jail. So I would do group four times a week and I had to do individual sessions. And then I remember the very first client I talked to who really like hit me significantly. And um, I was doing her intake and there's a bunch of questions on the intake. And one of the sections is trauma. And I said, you know, have you ever been through any trauma? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, you know, would you like to share with me? And she said, there you go. There's that can of worms. Yeah. And she was like, I was sexually raped at three. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And she goes, I was sexually raped at three. And I was like, oh, yeah. I've never, I never knew that that happened to anybody. Yep. I live in a bubble. And, you know, I come from like a safe, Yep. Background and all that. I remember that too, just like kind of realizing like, oh, there are awful, awful people out there. And Mm -hmm. I think it was counseling school that really 
tore that veil away. And that can be like yeah. learning that as like a world perspective. And that can be that can be traumatizing in and of itself, right? Like right. going, hearing that, sitting in that, you know, sharing that with her. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just remember that being the first story where I was like, and what, what, where so no wonder I? you do drugs. Yeah, I'm not really right. sure. I'm not yes. really sure where we're at, but I wasn't afraid of it. I actually wanted to indulge myself more. Mm. So that's when I was like, I want to be a LPC, licensed professional counselor. I want to learn how to like work with trauma and all that kind of stuff. So I went back into my master's program at Indiana Wesleyan University. I started in 2017 and I graduated in 2020, but I didn't get to walk because they canceled all the graduations oh, because of COVID. Geez. So I wore my cap and gown through Chick-fil-A line. Yes. I wore it all day long. I went over to my neighbor's house and we... Wonderful. Adult beverages outside, right. and I stayed in that cap and gown all day. <laughs> all I wanted to do was walk. Right. It was so important for oh, me. I'm so, so sorry. It is what it is. Yep. It is what it is. Yep. So that so it's been three years since I've graduated, but I've been in trauma forever. It feels like that's all I've ever been exposed to in the environments and places I've worked at. Well, and it's hard not to, right? When you're working in jails, when you're working in community mental health settings yeah. and with really addicted populations and homeless, you know, mm -hmm. low functioning populations. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And going back to the social worker thing, like I would have to like pick people up. I didn't know where I was. Like strangers were in my car, like a lot of just paperwork. It, it was like very case managery stuff. Yes. And that would just wasn't for me. I just wasn't fulfilled. Sure. I had to take kids out of like their homes. And oh, I was just like, this is exactly what I didn't want to do. Yeah. But I didn't really know what social work was going to be anyway. What do you think it is about people's stories, kind of that narrative that you really like diving into? Um, you know, I've never been a friend who would be told a story or a secret, who went and gossiped it to anywhere else. I never felt the need to, never wanted to. I never got involved in any of that. And so looking back on it, I just always enjoyed people telling me secrets. I can relate. I felt like being a kid, a lot of people would come to me and like share their like problems or secrets or things like that. And mm -hmm. I remember being like, Ooh, I, I like this. Mm -hmm. First of all, I like the way that it made my made me feel like mm -hmm. I felt like a trustworthy person and mm -hmm. um but also like give me more. Right. <laughs> yeah. I told my kids the other day, I go, here's what's gonna happen. When you go to these parties with like girls and stuff, like don't be the girl that's talking about anyone else behind your back. We've been through that situation, it doesn't feel good. And I said, here's a little secret. You're gonna know a lot about your friends if you just listen and don't go tell anybody else. Because here's the thing, if they're talking about you, I mean, if they're talking to you about somebody else, they're talking about you to somebody else. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to get them to just like be like listeners. Absolutely. And people are watching, right? Like mm -hmm. people make a mental note, whether conscious or unconscious of like when you're gossiping, oh, this person gossips. I'm not going to tell this person anything. Absolutely. So life lesson. Life lesson. Absolutely. <laughs> so when I was a senior in high school, I was lost. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't know what I want to do because I wanted to be a marine biologist and I went to my school counselor and she literally said, you are not smart enough to be a marine biologist. 
And I remember that clearly as all day. And I was like, well, now I don't know what I want to do. So I just picked a school the day I had to. And it, I ended up going to four different colleges. Yeah. I did a tour of Ohio, yeah. started in the north, and eventually ended up in Kentucky. Very cool. But I remember going to UC Raymond Walters for something. And back in the day before the internet existed and everything was on there, I picked up a pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> A pamphlet that said, do you want to be a counselor? No way. And I opened it, and I, I'll never forget it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. But because one person told me I was not smart enough, I believe then I wasn't smart enough to do that either. And I put the pamphlet back, and I just went through school just picking stuff because it sounded interesting. Wow. So the power of telling someone Seriously, those words. any limiting beliefs like that, just, ugh. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so happy that you still found counseling. Right. You still came back to it. Just decades later. Right. (laughs) I just took a tour. (laughs) Okay. So what got you into, I mean, definitely trauma will kind of lead you there, but what got Mm -hmm. you into like being interested about mom therapy and kind of wanting to help moms and women? Sure. I never had like that urge to be a mom. It was never a thing. My parents even said we didn't think we'd have grandkids one day because you always said you didn't want to have kids. I never babysat, nothing. I'm an only Mm -hmm. child, didn't grow up around like kids, Mm -hmm. just had my cousins and all that. But when I met my husband, he wanted kids, and I was like, I want your kids. Ooh, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I will have kids with you. Yep. So that changed everything. Um, So... Just never had that nurturing, caring thing sure. that, you know, a lot of women that say that they have. Just yeah. because you yeah. have like boobs and parts right. does not necessarily mean like you want to take care of something. Yep. I mean, I'll take care of your dog, but I will not babysit your kid. <laughs> I don't care who it is. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I'm just being brutally honest. Um, so I had my first daughter and... I mean, I didn't know what to do. I remember one time she was crying at a couple months old. My husband was like, are you going to like take care of her? And at that, I was like, oh, shit, she's not going to take care of herself, is she? So sometimes you have to hear those hard like um, comments or things from another person to like wake you up. And so breastfeeding was not a thing for me either. I literally couldn't. My daughter was starving. Mm -hmm. So then you, you know, have that whole, it's what's best and all that. I literally like could not, my body was not. And so after two weeks, the doctor said, you need to stop. And I bawled. And I was like, just thank you for telling me that. Right. Yes. Someone just has to give you the permission. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, like, so that was a struggle too, because you're hearing all this stuff and it's like, I don't know what to yes. do. I'm so tired. I haven't slept. Just oh exhausting. Yep. So being a mom has always been really like hard for me. Mm-hmm. I was always a very independent person. I just liked doing things when I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't imagine now like not having my two kids. Sure. Love them. Like, they're meant for me and I'm meant for them. I believe, you know, my spirituality and faith and all that, that, like, our children told God who they wanted as their mom. So, like, that's my faith. So I tell them every day, I'm like, thank you for choosing me. Yes. Oh, I love that, And then we had a daughter 17 months later. So my oldest was seven, and we were not trying (laughs) 
<laughs> we weren't trying. <laughs> but again, if there was any more of a gap, I don't think I would have had a second child. Sure. So that worked out the way it was supposed to, too. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yeah. No, I think those struggles, like, right, like I, I didn't necessarily want to be a mom. I didn't necessarily sign up for this. Mm-hmm. But going through it and, like, that being extra hard or, you know, whatever, it, it provides so much meaning. And that's what I'm hearing from you. And I can relate to that as well of like, I had no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. or, you know, what this would entail. And it's so transformative mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, now I just want to talk about this all the time. Now mm-hmm. I just want, you know, mm-hmm. give me more kind of like what we were saying of like, yeah. I just want more and more of this, which yeah. is really cool. Like we would take um to like the mommy and me classes mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did not fit into those groups. Yeah. <laughs> The moms would just sit around and talk about where their kids fell on that, like, um, spectrum of how big their head is or height and weight. I don't even know what it's called anymore. You know, you go to the doctor and they're like, the percentile. Sure, sure. I was like, is this really, like, a topic of conversation? Yeah. Like, again, it just wasn't for me. Yep. I had a hard time connecting with other moms because I wasn't just all into that. Yep. I just wanted to, like, go do things and be out of the house and I needed other people. Yes. So it no, was I agree. Once it, I found my tribe of people where I'm like, oh, it's called experience moms, like we were talking about. Oh, really? The ones like who just can't stay home or like yes. want to play on the oh, floor. No, not experienced. Experienced moms. moms. Meaning okay. like we function better when we're, we're out doing, doing things. Because I hate playing with my kids. I always have. <laughs> Yes. I hate yes, it. Yes. Don't bring me a toy. This is a good podcast topic of like playing with your kids and how mind-numbingly boring it I is. I hate it. And we got to find something else to do. Yeah. Like they can do the make-believe stuff and mm-hmm. the doll. They can do that they can do that on their own. Mm-hmm. But like I'll take you to like go I'll take you wherever I'll you want. I'll take you wherever. You want. Do not tell me what to call this toy and make a voice for it. Yeah. <laughs> Do not. My youngest one time. Your role. Right? I'm not playing. We're not playing. My right. youngest one time brought toys over, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Couple weeks later, I was like, do you want to play? She's like, no, you're not good at it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Finally. Yes. Finally, I suck, and she knows it, and we're moving on in life. <laughs> yes. I love that. But I'm actually a very affectionate mom, which I didn't know I was going to be either. I'm very affectionate. I'm not a hugger. I'm not a touchy-feely person, but I could just... with other people? With other people at all. With them, yeah. But with them, I could just hold that all day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? Any experiences or... Um, what you like talking about or kind of how about your like therapy approach? What do you like practicing or talking about in session? Kind of what's your therapy lens? Okay. Um, I really enjoy working with people who are stuck in transitions in life. Mm. Um, you know, like changing of a job or moving or just those things where things have been normal and structuralized are now like in an uproar. And my go-to is, you know, it's not, nothing's ever permanent. So when we have to make those choices in life, it feels like I have to make the right choice because if it doesn't work Ooh. out, what are we going to do? Right, right. So in my sessions working with people like that, it's it's not right or wrong. Let's change the vocabulary. It's what is best for you right now 
So make that decision. Right, that next best what's choice. Best, yeah. What feels right. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, you have to figure out the next thing then. We're actually always doing that and you always have been. Ooh, I like that. That kind of decentralizing of like, this is one big mm-hmm. monumentous task or decision that you have to make. It's like, no, you're making these things all the all time. All the time. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So it's just coming out of your comfort zone. It's trusting yourself. Um, I really just love transitions in life topics and situations. You know, my, my background is in trauma, so I'm very comfortable with trauma. Just when I think I've heard everything, I haven't. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, no one's story's the same. Let's see. What else? Uh, I do not work with children. Yeah. Shocker. I don't either. I've never been more afraid of kids than when I did in mental health. Mm. And I worked at the jail and I felt safer in jail. Mm. So 18 and over is where it's at for me. I really enjoy working with young 20-year-olds. I feel like they're a different breed these days Sure. than I know when I was 20. Absolutely. It From what I've gathered from them is they feel like they have to have it all figured out by 24. And I'm like, no, you should be really effing lost right now and making really bad decisions. <laughs> Because that's what you're going to figure out, what you don't want to do anymore, yep. and figure out who you are in these years. Love that. So it's really sad to me. Like, yes, all the pressure. I've seen yeah. that too. The pressure they put on themselves, or and I know the pressure that I put on myself to mm-hmm. be young at 20 or whatever and have this list of mm-hmm. accomplishments or whatever. And it's yeah. like, well, actually, no one cares, so it's okay. You right. Can, you can calm down right. and just figure it out for yourself for right, right. now. And I've noticed in that population, too, a lot of them, you know, with the social media is you post how you want to be perceived. Of course. So their friends are like traveling or they're graduating from college and they look happy and they've got all these friends. And it's like, that's what they want you to see. So for someone who comes and they're like, I'm lost and I don't know why no one else is. I'm like, oh no, they're just as lost. Absolutely. If not even more lost than you. And this is a good time to be lost. Like you can't have it figured out and you never have it all figured out. Yeah. I tell them on, you know, when they ask for advice, like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my own life. I just put my child in therapy today before this session. So, like, don't ask me for advice. I'm the last person you should be asking. (laughs) I don't know. That's right. And I love that, being able to admit that of, like, nobody. Here's the big secret. Nobody Nobody knows knows. what they're doing. We do not have a magic book that was given to us at graduation and grad school that says, these are the secrets. Do not share them with anybody. There's no magical book. Yes. So I'm very... I have a magical book. What's your magical book? (laughs) Well, I got one. I don't know where (laughs) else got. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, that's awesome. Because I bet your clients really feel... Like they can kind of let down their guard with you, that they can really relate to you a lot and then also probably expect to get some really real advice, you know, nothing too like, I don't know, like researchy, which I think most people Mm -hmm. don't like. Yeah. I love throwing out science behind like our brains, you know, when it's needed, you know, like dopamine and all that kind of stuff that maybe you feel like this way or, you know, human behavior. I love human behavior. Going back to our conversation earlier, you know, how'd you get into counseling? I just, I've always, I remember sitting in classes being like, why do we do that? 
Mm-hmm. Like, why does our brain make us do that? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? And I've always been able to see both multiple sides of like everything. Like I've never been a black and white thinker. So I'm always like, what's wrong with me? Like no one else thinks like this. And then I realized going into counseling, well, I can see your point and be non-judgmental, even though that may be totally not what I would do. I feel the same way. I'm like, this is wonderful and also a curse because I can mm-hmm. see everybody's point of view. Yes, I yes. don't agree with anybody. I don't disagree with anybody. Yes. I have no convictions. <laughs> like, yes. I could be talked into just about every. I mean, I obviously think for myself, but mm-hmm. oh, I could, yeah, oh, I could be persuaded either mm-hmm. way because it's just, I, I, and can so empathize probably that's our strong oh, yeah. suit is just being able to empathize with both sides yeah i just never bl- been a black and white thinker so when i work with black and white thinkers i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> this is exhausting right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go gray right. go gray and follow it for a while yeah, awesome. <laughs> all right mark anything else today this has been wonderful. I think clients are really going to enjoy getting to know you better and then um, have a good roadmap to meet you and start working with you from here on out. Yeah, I'm excited. If I really enjoy working with people who are wanting some agent of change and to be mm. like challenged, like if you're like, I want to be like challenged and figure this out, like I feel that would be a good fit. Yeah. I am, I'm not afraid to like push, you know, when you're ready and have that room for you just to like come and talk and we'll figure it out together. Very cool. All right. I didn't tell you about this part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sweating. All right. Here's your lightning round. Oh. Gonna answer these questions the fastest you can. What's my prize at the end? <laughs> okay. Nothing. <laughs> your magic book. Yes, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number one. What's one thing you wish everybody knew? About, oh, so broad. I know. Um, can you edit this, like, time frame yes. of I'm, uh, I wish everybody knew. Oh, Annie, this is right. Okay, I'll come back. What's the last thing you read? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like a book? Yeah, whatever you want. I read the sheet for the rules for my daughter's camp to live in the 1800s last night. Oh, my God. I love that. I'm so (laughs) excited to hear about this camp. And I wish I could go. But I think I'm going to be a camp counselor next year. Absolutely. Okay. What's the one activity that you're most looking forward to this summer? Ooh, my daughter is playing sand volleyball for the first time with her team um, and we just won division champs. So I'm excited to watch her play in that. What's the one thing you're least looking forward to? Um, I hate getting my kids up early in the morning to have to go to work or take them where they want. Okay. I don't like that answer. What's one thing you wish everybody knew? <laughs> you got you got like 10 seconds. Okay. <laughs> that manatees are the most beautiful thing in the world. And you need to go swim with them and everything in your life will be okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mark. That's, I'm so happy that we waited on that answer. Okay. Thanks, Mark. We'll see you next time. That was a fail. No, it was. Yes, it was. We're never doing that again. Yeah.
We are never doing a lightning. I had no idea how, <laughs> how <laughs> flustered lightning rounds would get you. Future clients? No. <laughs> okay.